0: Hello and welcome to Wineskins, a program featuring reflections on the lives of the saints and the sacred scriptures, along with a variety of topics and issues from a Catholic perspective. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Our show is sponsored by the Annual Dosses and Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and Saint Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of Saint Paul. On our show today, I will interview Jimmy Sutman. We will also hear more about the life of Saint Gregory of Narek and the readings for this second Sunday of Lent, that and more on Wineskins. In our current issue today, we will hear from Maddie DeSalvatore. With me is Maddie DeSalvatore, who is the Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Youngstown. Welcome to our show.
1: Thank you, Father, for having me.
0: What I'd like to focus on is that word that we kind of talked about before we started the taping, and that's accompaniment, Mm -hmm. because that's what you do as a youth and young adult minister, is you accompany them. Talk about that concept.
1: First of all, I kind of love that the bishop had this job description. The the whole long title is... The director of Youth and Young Adult, Accompaniment, Discernment, Formation, and Missionary Discipleship. And I think you really can't have one of those without the other. Accompaniment, like Pope Francis says, is taking your sandal straps off at the sacred ground of another. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's exactly what my goal is here, right? Like my goal in this role is not to be an authority figure for anybody. It's really just to like guide, provide resources for, be of moral support to other youth ministers, parish ministers, even campus ministers alike, as well as the youth and young adults you know, accompaniment itself Mm -hmm. doesn't always mean planning the programs and and doing all the right things, right? It oftentimes just means being a ministry of presence and Mm -hmm. walking alongside people, you know, finding people, asking them how they're doing, meeting them where they're at, and inviting them to these programs and events that we put on through the diocesan offices or that I help to promote through the parishes.
0: What are some of the things that young people are going through nowadays? You know, I know in my work, in parishes over the years, there's always a sense of intimidation Mm. with the young people because you don't know what to say or you don't know what to ask them. But what are some of the things that young people go through that I think us older adults need to be aware of?
1: I think it's different for everybody. But it's hard to say technology isn't a part of it, but I do think it's easier to not have in-person contact with people anymore, you know? And a lot of the, you know, online facets of communication are good, right? It's good to stay in contact in that way, but... I think we oftentimes get lost in that we forget you know how to have conversations with you know adults and that's maybe an overall struggle you know family plays a role in that too I think and and, you know the more comfortable people feel in talking about the faith at home I think will make them more comfortable with talking about it in public too you know so in that sense you know having that shared experience say you and another young person that's that's a shared experience you have but it does make it more difficult maybe for people to talk about that if they feel like they can't.
0: You know oftentimes I think because since the pandemic, mm-hmm. things in the church have really changed, not only in yeah. the church, but in society, in family, and in, in many aspects. Right. One of the areas, obviously, is involvement in the church, mm-hmm. is attendance yeah. at Mass. And, and I know right. that some of what your ministry is going to be is reaching out to those people to encourage them, and especially young people and families, to come back to the faith and to the church. Right. What are some of those modes of operations that you're going to do and use to try to elicit that.
1: Yeah. I think evangelization plays a huge role, right? Mm -hmm. Cultivating a culture of missionary disciples in the parishes, right? Like saying hi to people after mass, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. telling them what events are going on, you know, asking them how they're doing again, you know, listening to their story Mm -hmm. is important too. That's a huge piece there too. I think marketing, promoting plays a huge role in that as well. I think, you know, the more people know what's going on and and they're getting those personal invites to those things, Mm -hmm. I think that could do a lot more than just putting out a flyer or in a bulletin or, or, you know, things like that?
0: Well, you know, it's relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, it's personal contact. And I reflect on the life and ministry of Jesus, you know, he met people Mm one-on-one, you know, oftentimes his miracle stories or his just approach to people was an intimate personal thing. Yeah. It wasn't like he was sending out a flyer. It was a one on one relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what evangelization in its pure sense is really all about. Yeah. You know, oftentimes we shy away from this door to door, you Agreed. know, meeting people, but that's basically what it's all about. Agreed. You know, meeting people where they're at
1: and not worrying about whether other people see it. You exactly.
0: Know? You know, I think the other aspect That I'd like us to kind of talk about is the difference between being religious and being spiritual. Is there any difference in your experience with young people, especially?
1: Mm, Absolutely. I mean, I think oftentimes if you're associating yourself as spiritual, you are on the search for something to commit to, but you just haven't committed yet, right? And it's also a really broad word, right? Spiritual could mean you are into, you know, this religion or you're into zodiac signs and rock crystals. And we're, you know, as a church, you know, those aren't really right on track with what, you know, we're going for. So spiritual has a very broad definition. I think being religious, people are afraid to commit to saying they're religious or, oh, I'm part of this religion, um, especially young people, because one reason might be is, is people are only seeing the Catholic Church as a corrupt institution, for an example, right? Even though all human-led institutions are corrupt. And if you see the church as only an institution, then you're missing that point too. But that's where we need to step in with cultivating missionary disciples and evangelizing and helping people to have that relationship with Christ. So there's more to seeing the Catholic church as just an institution, right? And then maybe there will be more commitment to the faith and the laws that God has put forth for us to be more free.
0: What would you like to let the folks know about your work here in the diocese as the youth and young adult accompaniment minister, working also in evangelization Mm -hmm. and missionary discipleship? What would you like them to know about your position, but what they can do to help you?
1: Well, I guess the first thing I was going to say was I'm here to help you any way that I possibly can. I'm also here to learn from as many people as I possibly can. I'm working on scheduling meetings with anybody who'd like to meet. No pressure, just to, like, get to know our stories, kind of get on the same page, for me to learn from other people that have more experience than I. You know, I think prayers always help a lot. I think you could pray for me during this time of this new job and working in, in such a needed way, I think that that would help a lot.
0: Maddie DeSalvador, Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry Accompaniment, we thank you so much for your time and your presence on our show, but also for the wonderful work you're doing with our young people. It's so necessary. It's so important. It's vital. To who we are as church, so thank you for doing that. Thank
1: you, Father. Thank you for having me.
0: For Wineskins, I am Father Jim Corda. The Feast of St. Gregory of Narik is celebrated on Tuesday. To tell us more about this Armenian monk is Lou Jack Kay. He is from St. Brendan Church in Youngstown.
2: Gregory was raised in a monastery and eventually entered the Narik Monastery in what is now Turkey as a monk and lived there for nearly the entirety of his life. At the time, Armenia was experiencing a literature, painting, architecture, and theological renaissance in which Gregory participated. As an Armenian monk, Gregory lived humbly and taught at the monastic school. He wrote his prayers in the Encyclopedia of Prayer for All Nations in hopes the book would one day guide people of all stations around the world to prayer. He was a leader of the well-developed school of Armenian mysticism at the monastery and was asked to answer the question, quote, what can one offer to God, our creator, who already has everything and knows everything better than we could ever express it, Unquote. In the book of prayer, also called the book of lamentations or the song of songs, Gregory wrote that the answer to the question is the size of the heart. The book contains 91 prayers and was completed one year before he died. Several miracles and traditions have been traced back to Gregory and he is known as the watchful angel in human form. Gregory of Narek was venerated as a saint by the Armenian Catholic Church and is also recognized as a saint in the Roman Catholic Church. On April 12, 2015, Pope Francis officially proclaimed Gregory of Narek as a doctor of the church. St. Gregory has been depicted holding his book of prayer in a variety of artwork, and a professor of psychiatry was able to develop a unique kind of therapy based on St. Gregory's book of Lamentations. Though he has yet to be proclaimed a patron saint of a particular patronage, his book of prayer has been used to treat several diseases, including schizophrenia, hepatitis C, periodic disease, stress symptoms, and depression. For Wineskins, I'm Lou Hay.
0: Joining me is Jimmy Sutman, who is the director of Iron and String Life Enhancement, known as Isle, and also the Purple Cat. Welcome to our show.
3: I feel welcome. Thank you.
0: I know that this has been a passion of yours for many years now, 25 years. And I'd like you to share with us, and for the folks that are listening... Where did this passion come from?
3: You know, I've been very blessed. My passion came from one individual. His name was Joe Gallagher. I uh, graduated from Grove City College. I graduated with a degree in communication arts journalism. And uh, I was fortunate to get a job at our local CBS affiliate, TV 27. But I was working afternoons, basically four to midnight And I had grown up across the street from a person with special needs. We Mm -hmm. had gone to school all the way through together, the Poland schools. His name was Mark. You know, I was just thinking, you know, I I always got along with Mark. And one day his mother had mentioned to me that I should get a job in the field Mm -hmm. because I was complaining that I was living in my parents' basement. I was a college boy now and I needed extra income, something in the Mm -hmm. day. And then, you know, divine intervention. My mom is a, a twin and her twin sister had recently had a baby the baby was born with down syndrome Mm -hmm. so it had me thinking too that was just you know really on the front of my brain about Mm -hmm. working possibly with people with disabilities so i went out to leonard kurt school and got hired but they said hey we have a lot of people that'll work with the children would you work with the adults especially Mm -hmm. you're a male Mm -hmm. i was like i'll clean toilets i'll do whatever you want me to do i just want to make some money and and so they moved me out to a sheltered workshop and that's where fate interceded, God interceded, and I met Joe Gallagher. And literally, one of the mm-hmm. first days there, I helped him get off the bus. He was in his 50s with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and I was his guy. Yeah. I did nothing to deserve his sure. <laughs> his love, but he was enamored with me and followed me around, and I ended up liking the job at the sheltered workshop a lot more than the mm-hmm. TV station, mm-hmm. and so I transitioned full time to working it was a county job working with these adults with disabilities. And then I would take Joe out, you know, on the weekends, every give his family a break. Mm-hmm. Joe lived two weeks with one brother and then two weeks with another. They would just mm-hmm. pass mm-hmm. him and they were tired of that. And his brothers were a lot older than sure. him. So one day I just said, what if I took Joe in? Yeah. At the time I was 25 and I had no responsibility. And mm-hmm. really that's how it started. I started Aisle because of Joe Gallagher.
0: You know, I love the the title of your first Friday presentation that you did at the beginning of the month. And that is The Washing of Feet. You know, it's so special for us as people of faith to have that divine example of jesus uh, recorded in the gospel and then the admonition for us as i have done for you you must do for others you know many times we don't adhere to that mandate that call but yet you put into action this actual washing of another's feet through your ministry and passion and service to adults with disabilities I know that there's a lot of people that work with you. Talk about some of the people that are on your staff.
3: Yeah, uh, that's another blessing. You know, I've searched. I'm always on the search for folks that are really kind-hearted. You know, I can teach them how to work with folks with autism and Down syndrome and physical disability and how to use a a lift on a van, but I can't teach them that kindness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm surrounded by my administrative staff. It's kindness first. You know, it, mm-hmm. the client is first, we can get to that paperwork later, we can get yeah. to getting the car washed later, the needs now. I have a great office worker in particular, her name is Sylvia, and Sylvia is in her late 80s, mm. and she basically, in many ways, runs the office, sure. and what a dynamo, yeah. and uh, she's on it if there's a discrepancy on a phone bill, or a, yeah. the water bill seems a little too high, mm-hmm. you know, just delights in the simple things. She's a big Elvis fan, so when the clients play Elvis on Golden String Radio, she's delighted. Sure. So she's this this wonderful mixture of sugar and spice. And somebody, uh, you know, that age has seen Mm -hmm. it all and had careers, two different ones. You know, she's an example of somebody that's just a blessing. You
0: know, I know in the world population, about 15% of the world has some disability. That's really a large number when you're looking at those percentages. So that's almost a billion people. But how many are we actually aware of in our daily life that we actually come in contact with? I'm sure that we all know somebody that has some disability, whether it's physical, emotional, whatever, but we don't always come in contact with them and and I would refer to them sometimes as the other because we're always pointing like look at them, they're different right. than us, but what about me as the other as well?
3: right, you know? I guess if you look at it from their perspective, yeah, we are sure. the other sure. yeah, there's so many people that you know walk among us that have learning disabilities or are on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, that don't look like they have disabilities. You know, I have folks like that. Yeah. But, you know, the the ones that it's pretty overt, you know, that you Mm -hmm. you see that disability. I've seen it, like, in waiting rooms at doctor's offices. I'm the medical power of attorney for about 20 of our folks Mm -hmm. with disabilities. I go to the doctors way more than most folks. Sure. And I can see some people get uncomfortable and things, but we don't see it. (laughs) And we work to make everybody comfortable. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's one way to wash the feet, you know, is kind of break the ice with people. And, you know, I encourage my folks to wear a certain T-shirt because that spurs conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're wearing a Cleveland Browns shirt and it's football season, somebody might say, hey, you're a Browns fan. And then, boom, we have a conversation Mm -hmm. going. Things like that. Um, the main goal father is just to expose our folks and let them celebrate all of the things that you and I enjoy, Mm -hmm. you know, what Mm -hmm. our passions are. So let's expose our folks to our passions. I tell this direct care staff that all the time, what do you like to do? You know, we are not boring. You know, I don't want you to be boring. Mm I know that you have passions. Tell us about them and expose these folks to them. You know, we had a, a lady one time say, I love Tony Bennett obviously this was years ago, Mm -hmm. can I take the clients to go see Tony Bennett? I was like, I'll put the word out. Well, she could have taken 40 people that wanted to go see Tony Bennett, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it was her idea. I mean, that's just an example Mm -hmm. of, you know, we need to spark our folks. Right. For the
0: folks that are with us, what would you tell them, um, especially if they haven't had really contact or any association with somebody with a disability, or if they do, what do they need to do to kind of lift that up and Mm -hmm. to celebrate that and also to make those people feel welcome? Because oftentimes people who are different than us Mm -hmm. live on the periphery and we kind of force some of that. How can we bring more of a community with all of us, with all of our gifts and talents together?
3: Yeah. I think it starts with you know not being afraid you know be not mm. afraid mm-hmm. if you see somebody at Walmart goes back to the washing of the feet make yeah. sure you jog over and get them open the door for mm. somebody in a wheelchair yeah. or I do that all the time I'm just curious again about not being boring you know there's a greeter at the Liberty Walmart right. and I enjoy him he sits in a wheelchair but I'm happy to talk to him about mm-hmm. his situation and his life because it's such a struggle in comparison to mine in many right. ways so it's an inspiration you know, I was even told when I was a child, don't look that way if there's a disabled person. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be staring because mm-hmm. children tend mm-hmm. to stare. Right. And I understand that. But at the same time, my family should have been like, what can we do to help that person? Sure. What do you think's wrong with that person, Jimmy? Mm-hmm. What can we do more to help that person? What do we do already? So that's what I try to do. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Sutman, director of Aisle and the Purple Cat, thank
0: you for your inspiring presence today but also your inspiration and passion and we thank you for highlighting the need for us to be open and and caring for people in general but in particular for those who have
3: disabilities so thank I, you it's my pleasure and I really don't have no control over it it's what god wants me to do
0: god bless for wineskins i'm father jim corda
3: to receive more information and to listen
0: to wineskins visit the website catholicecho.org stay with us We'll be back in a moment.
1: If you have a story idea for the Catholic Echo magazine, podcast, or website, send an email to echo at youngstowndiocese.org. We'd love to hear your ideas.
3: Church World Service believes that being self-reliant is a joy everyone should share. So around the block or around the world,
0: share the joy. Our song today is by Gregory Kolesky. It is from their CD entitled Thank you.
4: Lord, I'm just so happy that I've found you now. I used to pray to find you some way, somehow. You've answered me oh so many times that I know that I know that I know. Oh, Jesus, Lord, I can feel your power Every day, every way, and every hour Come and fill me with your love like you do When you do, it fills me through and through You see us, the world is falling down Please God, will you catch us Before we hit the ground Seems like we've been sliding for oh so very long Wake us up, find us up, help us see our wrong So there won't be a need for any more war People will have found what they're looking for justice will reign throughout each land after Christ moves his holy hand. Shine. Open up, let go, let your love light shine. Open up, let go, let your love light shine.
0: Our scripture reflections for this second Sunday of Lent will be by Deacon Mike Kajansik. He is from St. Charles Church
5: in Boardman. I had some health issues for the past two years that have made a major impact on my life. I've changed. I'm not the same person I was, and it's very noticeable. Some may say I've been transformed, that I'm physically changed. I'm not the spry young man who I once was. But I've also noticed myself that somehow I'm more aware of what's happening to others. I don't just understand or sympathize with them, but I actually feel as if I'm one with them for you see, I've been where they are. I understand more deeply and feel how they feel, but it's much more than simply being transformed. Every second Sunday of Lent, we hear about the Transfiguration event on the mountaintop that Peter, James, and John witnessed. We may hear from different writers, but it's the same event because this event is so important to our faith. We have to understand that there is a difference between transfiguration and transformation. If you look in Webster's College Dictionary, we read that to transform is to change the form, the shape, the appearance. And we are all familiar with cartoons and movie franchise about transformers, where cars can change into robots. But transfiguration is different. It not only means to change physically, but it adds a more important line. To move into a more beautiful or spiritual state. With this event on the mountain, Jesus is not revealing what will be, but what is already there, and this needs to be brought out into the open so that his disciples who witness this will have the support they need in the days ahead. What about us? Are we content with simply transforming ourselves into what the world or culture tells us to be important and beautiful? Do we change simply to be more pleasing to the eye, to gain more power, glory, and honor? Or do we allow God to transfigure us, to let the divinity that has always been within us to shine forth so that we can become more pleasing and beautiful spiritually? We're called, even here below, to be transfigured more thoroughly into his child. And that's difficult. While we're made in God's image, we focus on our sins, our weaknesses, our failures, and we wonder, what can God see in us? What did Jesus see in Peter? Someone who was compulsive, impulsive, emotional, who said the wrong things, who said promises he couldn't keep and even denied him? But God knew better. Jesus saw more in Peter. Jesus sees more in us. Within Peter, within us. Lies a spark of the divine. We do not need a big mountaintop experience like Peter, James, and John. We all have had transfiguration moments. We just haven't recognized them. Moments that made us actually change the way we think and act. Perhaps it was something so simple as a beautiful sunrise or a sunset on a day when we really needed it, and it changed us. Perhaps the smile on the face of a loved one or even a complete stranger that lifted our spirits. These are moments of transfiguration. We don't change physically. We change inside. We've all had these moments, and now it's time to be those moments to others. Now is the time for a significant moment in our lives, to be more than transformed, but to be transfigured into a more beautiful and spiritual state so that day by day, the light that is within us the light that comes from God will shine for all to see. For wineskins, I'm Deacon Mike Kojancic. There is a part
0: of me that envies those first disciples because of their experience of the transfiguration of Jesus. But if we would lead lives of true values and clear direction, characterized by moral integrity and practical usefulness, we can find a way to close out the world and focus our minds for a while on the radiant glory of Christ. Wine Skins is made possible by the Annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. The program is produced by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. wishing you a blessed Sunday and a safe week.
3: What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug
0: this morning. I, I love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. I It looks pretty good.
2: I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast.
0: I bought her an orchid.
2: What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email. I read the newspaper to my wife, and it cracked her up.
5: She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Make a change for
3: the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org, a message from the Catholic Church.
0: They say America is the land of opportunity, But for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to povertyusa.org today. Because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development.